Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. My goodness, uh, we've been doing a little series on In His Presence, and lots of different stuff can happen in His presence. You can be set free from fear. Nicole preached on that a few weeks ago. Jesse preached on having a life filled with hope a couple weeks. He gave, gave some great input, and the team asked me to preach today on healing, so I'm going to be doing that. Um, I want to have real quick uh, two individuals come up, because I'm going to interview them for like two minutes of the sermon. If they are here, where's Gene and Sean? I'm looking for them. Oh, there you are. Come on up here. Come on. Just give Gene and Sean a clap for real quick. As they're coming up, I'll explain to you why. Uh, these guys are on our setup team. It's awesome. They get here early. We hang out early here and set up the church and talk about Jesus. But they got done a little early last week, and they're like, hey, let's go to the fairgrounds real quick and get us a pair of sunglasses and, uh, like, you know, grab a coffee, hang out for a little bit, and then go back to church. But when they were there at the fairgrounds, they saw someone in a wheelchair, and they said, hey, we should go pray for them. They ended up praying for this older gal in a wheelchair. She was in a wheelchair because of pain in her hips. Um, they didn't want to push her around the whole time. She couldn't walk be- normally because of pain in her hips and stuff. These two guys prayed for her. She got up out of her wheelchair, and the pain was gone. So I wanted to ask you guys, what makes you think that's okay? Well, I haven't been okay my whole life, so I guess that's a start. Um, uh, I'm a, it, the Bible says these signs follow those who, I mean, these signs will follow those who believe, and I just believe the Bible. Sean, what, like, what were you thinking when you saw a woman in a wheelchair? What was going through your head? I just want her to be free and want to pray for her. You, it's God's will. You wanted her to be free. You wanted to pray for her. Right. What do you mean by it's God's will? Well, God loves everybody, and he wants his kids to be free. So that's what I believe. So you believe that, that sickness limits people's freedom? I do. <laughs> These guys are awesome. These guys are awesome. So when you saw her in the wheelchair, and those things were going through your head, and you approached her, like, what did you say? What did I say? Um, <laughs> I just said, hey, you know, I, I noticed you're in a wheelchair. What, what, why are you in a wheelchair? She said, oh, I have, like, pain in my hip. And I just basically say, well, I want to pray for you. And, and I prayed for her, and I told her to, to test it out, see how she feels. She said she felt better, and you could just tell in her face that she was just glowing. And, yeah. That's awesome. Give Jesus a shout. That's amazing. Give these guys a hand clap, too, as they get back to their seats. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for sharing. I, uh, I kind of put them on the spot. I mean, I told them before the service we were going to do that. But I wanted to uh, um, just have them share. Uh, why don't you guys flip with me to Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to be uh, starting in verse 17. Uh, in, in this gospel of Matthew, Matthew's account, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is, this is Jesus starting out. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Say, heaven's at hand. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Say, fishers of men. Fishers of men. 
immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. When Jesus calls you, you leave everything. Verse 23, Jesus was going through all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, say every kind, kind. among the people. News about him spread throughout all of Syria and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases, pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him. I'm just going to stop right there. This is, this is Jesus' church growth plan. <laughs> miracles, miracles, miracles. Um, I just got back. I, I did three days of meetings in uh, Riverside. I got asked to go over there. It was, uh, Jesse pointed out, it was our church's first missions trip. Uh, <laughs> I'm a surfer, and uh, I went with a friend, Curran. Give a wave, Curran. You're in the back. Curran and I went out there to Riverside the other night. Curran's 15. He's awesome. Goes to Corona Del Mar High School. We went out there uh, to, to preach the gospel in a church, and it was awesome. We saw incredible things. Um, one highlight, I just want to share testimonies. You notice we share testimonies a lot in the church. Do you want to know why we do that? Because God's good. They give God glory. That's a good word. When you share testimony, whether it's your own, somebody else's, the reality is we're members of one another, so every testimony is your testimony. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That literally means when you share a testimony, you're declaring what God wants to do for other people. You're releasing his goodness over people. You're releasing his presence into people's lives. If you notice, when you share a testimony, the air changes. You know, during worship, you might feel things here in this church, in this community. You might feel just, you know, a warmth, a glow, a peace, uh, an electricity, and a, an alivening of God's presence. When you share testimonies, the same thing happens because you're giving glory to God. And God can't help but show up when you talk about him. <laughs> so we were out there in the Riverside and just saw some amazing things. But I want to tell you one highlight because this, this testimony made me cry. It's still making me cry. We were praying for uh, lots of people in the church and uh, God was healing people just sitting in their seats during the service. We hadn't called anything out. You know, God was doing different things. Uh, kind of like two weeks ago, we, one of the teams said there's someone being healed of a thyroid issue. This was here in the building, a thyroid issue. We came to find out that person went to the doctor. They actually had a tumor and thyroid cancer. We actually found out they went back to the doctor and the tumor on their thyroid's gone. Isn't that awesome? This was just in the past two, three weeks in church here. So you can get healed before the service, during the service, after the service, anytime, okay? Feel free. But we're out there in Riverside, and we're just preaching stuff, and a little girl came up to us um, halfway through the service. The little girl didn't know what was normal in church. She didn't know that church had to look a certain way. You realize church doesn't have to look a certain way. Church is just a group of people getting together to glorify Jesus. Amen? This little girl came up, and um, she said, my legs hurt. We said, okay, well, we'll pray for you. So we just prayed for her. Quick prayer. Five seconds. In Jesus' name, all pain, all limitation, leave now forever. I said, what's different? She says, they don't hurt anymore. Little girl's name was Isabel. She's uh, 10 years old. She's 10 or 7, Curran. Do you remember? 
She's 10. Okay, good. I just want to make sure I get the detail right. She's 10 years old. Well, I didn't know, but Isabel had come to the service wearing braces on her legs. She came in expectation. Little girl. So during the service, they took the braces off her legs, and she was sitting in her chair. She decided just to come up to me because she doesn't know what's legal. We prayed for her. She took off running around the church. Isabella was, had a deformity in her legs. Her mom said her foot was actually kinked at a 90-degree angle. She ran around. She could, there's no way she could run. There's no way she could put her heel on the ground. And her, her mom was just weeping because she had normal mobility. She's running around the church. Isn't that amazing? So why does God do these kinds of things? One, because he can, and two, because he wants to. Jesus went around all of Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What does that mean? What does that mean? The kingdom is this. The kingdom is where God's will and God's reign happens. In heaven, is there sickness or disease? In heaven, is there depression or discouragement? No, in his presence is fullness of joy. Right hand pleasures forevermore, Psalm 1611. In heaven, are there any limitations? Jesus came to bring God's will into the earth in the greatest measure that had ever been seen. He is the perfect representation of the Father. News about him spread throughout all the land, and they began bringing to him those who were sick. Why? Because testimonies were going out. I brought my brother to this meeting with this guy, Jesus. He was there at this place called Presence at the mansion. And when the people came, they got healed. You come too, and God's going to touch you. More and more started to happen. God wants his children whole so bad he named himself wholeness. He named himself healer before any of us were ever born. If you want to go with me, Exodus 15, 26. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, if you have your Bible. You can underline it. You can circle it. This is Exodus 15, 26. This is when God gives his name to his people, Israel. How many of you know we're, we're, we're the new Israel, those that follow the Lord? He said, I am the Lord your healer, or I am the Lord your wholeness. In Hebrew, that's the um, Hebrew word. Uh, I, I don't speak Hebrew all the time, but... Uh, <laughs> Essentially, uh, I'll just, I'll anglicize it for you. It's Jehovah Rapha. Some of you guys may have heard that. Rapha means to cure or to make whole. Now, many of us, we're used to hearing a gospel where Jesus can heal you spiritually. A.e., you believe in him and you get pie in the sky when you die. But Jesus didn't come to just give us heaven in the future. He came to give us heaven now, heaven on earth. Heaven is not a destination, it's a reality. Where are you getting this stuff from, Chris? The Bible. 
Exodus 23, 25 says, but you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water and he will remove sickness from your midst. Now, if God could make that promise to Israel who have an inferior covenant to us, his children today, who have come after the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross, how much more is that promise relevant to us today? Seven times in Matthew's gospel, it says that large crowds followed Jesus and he healed them, or it says he healed them all. Acts 10.38 says this, And you know of Jesus of Nazareth, whom God anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing a few people who were oppressed of the devil? No, it actually says healing all who were oppressed of the devil. What does that say to us? It says that sickness and disease are not God's will because Jesus came to destroy their power. Because sickness and disease are to your body what sin is to your soul. Okay, just, just throwing out a few things there. You want, you want that one again, Pastor Jesse? <laughs> Sickness is to your body what sin is to your soul. It's limitation. Sickness is an accusation against God saying that he's not a good father. Now, God can get glory in the midst of horrible situations. He can get glory in the midst of bad things. But that doesn't mean it's his will. Children are born in Africa every day without enough food to eat. Does it mean that it's God's will for them to starve? So why do we think that it's always God's will that people be sick? Why do we think that everything that happens is God's will? Oh, that's just God's will that that happened. You know, that child died at this age. and Oh, you know, God just needed an extra angel in heaven. Anybody ever heard that kind of stuff before? Jesus came to ruin that type of thinking. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. He came to change the way we think. He came to change everything. He ruined every funeral he ever went to, including his own. That's a Bill Johnson quote. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, he was pierced through for our transgressions. What does that mean? Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became your sin. He became your sin. He became everything that limits your soul and your spirit from access with God. He was crushed for your iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. He was accused so that you don't have to be anymore. That's what that means. That's a good word right there. Does anybody need that one? Anybody living in any accusation in their mind? Jesus was accused so you don't have to be anymore. Wow, Chris, this is really good. I don't, I don't know what you're doing right now. This is amazing. And by his scourging, or by his stripes, we are healed. First Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we were healed, because Peter the apostle saw this as an event that already happened, which needed to be announced, which needed to be demonstrated, so that people could then experience it. Jesus preached the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God's presence is literally the overflow of his person. God is good, so his presence feels good. God is peace, so his presence brings peace. God is love, so his presence loves. 
Anybody ever been like in a movie and like you're just touched in a moment in a movie? Like there's this, this scene that happens, you know, a reconciliation happens between a child and a father or a child and a parent and you're sitting there and it just touches this deep spot in you and you start to weep. That's God. You're experiencing God's presence in that moment because God is love and he's giving witness to what he does, reconciling things, bringing things back together. You see, many of us, we have a view of justice which is punitive, i.e., I do good and I'm okay with God and I'm okay with people. I do bad and I need punishment. But God's view of justice is not punishment. God's view of justice is reconciliation. God's view of justice is two people go to court to get a divorce and they leave married. Restoration. God's view of justice is restorative. Jesus came to reconcile the world to himself. And that's what he did on the cross. And that's what we get to partner with him to do as we preach the gospel. Now, I love Jesus. I read from uh, Matthew chapter 4. Jesus doesn't pick people who have it all together to preach his gospel. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news for every one of us? Isn't that good news for me and Eugene? Like, Jesus doesn't pick people that have it all together. You even said it when you're up here. You're like, I don't have it all together. But (laughs) Jesus doesn't pick people that have it all together. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And you have been called. You have been predestined to adoption as children, it says in Ephesians 1. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that everybody's going to heaven. It means that God wants everybody there. Amen? So if God is love and his presence literally loves, and if love never fails, then healing is no longer hard for us. Because it doesn't have to do with us, it has to do with him. It has to do with his heart, his will, his desire. I was in a meeting one time, and uh, a word was called out. Uh, One of the guys was ministering. It wasn't me, and he said, there's someone here today, and you've got a problem with your left ear. The Lord Jesus is healing you right now. Now, mind you, the man that came to the meeting who had this left ear problem, he didn't stand. He didn't raise his hand. He actually didn't want to be there. He thought everything that was happening in these meetings was totally fake. He wasn't in faith. He wasn't in belief. He was in suspicion, doubt, and unbelief. But in that moment, when a word was spoken, God's healing someone's left ear right now, he felt warmth and heat come down his whole left side. He had been having, what's that that problem called with your balance? Vertigo. Vertigo. He'd been having vertigo and issues with that ear for, for about six months. He was completely healed in that moment. Isn't he, man? Isn't that amazing? He actually tried to make it come back. That's how he knew he was healed. He's trying to make it come back. I love that story because it's not about a man's faith. It's about God's faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. When we look to Jesus for who he is, we receive the blessings of what he does. You guys can get excited or whatever whatever you want, and we're having a worship service right now. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that you may have life, and life abundantly. If God is the healer, that means his presence literally heals. Wherever he shows up, restoration, healing, salvation, 
deliverance simply happens. We just get to be aware of it. I want to encourage you, any one of us in this room can heal the sick. Why? Because Jesus is alive. There is no special requirement for you to enter into the healing ministry. Simply, the requirement has been met. Jesus Christ is alive. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I was speaking in a meeting one time, and uh, the Lord said to me, don't, don't, don't lay hands or pray for anybody here because I don't want anybody in the meeting to blame you for what's going to happen. I was preaching in a church that it wasn't normal for these kinds of things to happen. It was a liturgical church. I love every expression of God's church. I love every church in Orange County. If you don't feel home at here, come talk to us. We'll help you find a place that you feel home. God is doing great things in Southern California at this moment. I literally can't go a day without hearing dramatic testimonies of miracles, healing, salvation, happening in the streets. We're actually in a new Jesus movement right now. We literally are. We literally are. I literally, it's like I'm in, I'm, it's like I'm in a staff meeting every day. I go around and I just hear testimonies from people all the time of God doing miracles and people coming in. Jesus like, we're alive for it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? But I was in this meeting and uh, there was a girl in the meeting and on the way out, I just was drawn to her and all these things were happening and I just put my hand on her back for a second and just did that and then walked away. Well, she ended up getting up in the next service and said, I was healed. Chris prayed for me and I was healed. I said, I didn't pray for anybody in the service. God told me not to. But the Bible says, Gene quoted it, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, these signs shall follow those who believe. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why can that happen? Because someone is with you who wants to heal through you more than you want to see healing through you. She was healed from a car accident. She had um, different balance issues. She had a concussion. Different things were going on with her. She had migraine headaches for over a year. I guess she didn't have a concussion in that moment. She had migraine headaches as a result of the concussion simply by a hand going on her. I want you to look at your hands for a second. Just look at them for just a second. Say, these things are loaded. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How far away is your hand? It's attached to you. How far away is heaven? Access to the power of God. It's already attached to you in Christ Jesus. Amen? When you invited Jesus into your life, when you said, Jesus, I give you my life, he took you seriously. He didn't just come in, you know, a quarter of Jesus into your life. You know, he didn't just come in in a partial measure as if you could divide up God. He came in fullness. It says in Colossians chapter 2, for of his fullness we have all received and grace, I'm sorry, I'm quoting John 1.16, for of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. It says in Colossians 2 that in him all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in bodily form, and in him you are made full. Say, I'm full of it. funny um different people have different experiences with god and some people are used to certain things in church and the ways you behave and other people aren't uh we were doing a meeting one of the meetings out in riverside and a guy came up for prayer he had a crooked spine um, he was in pain and stuff like that he couldn't move certain ways and we went to touch him uh the power of god actually hit him before we went to touch him and he actually fell backwards to the ground and a four-letter word came out of his mouth that you're not supposed to say in church <laughs> but see god takes our and turns it around. No matter what you came in here full of today, God wants to turn it around, okay? Amen? Amen. God wants to fill you with his presence. 
What, is the, what does it mean to be full of God's presence? In Acts chapter 2, it says that they were baptized, they were filled, they were immersed in God's presence. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you shall be filled with the presence of God not many days from now, and you'll become my witness. That's what empowered those disciples to change the world. There it is, Nicole, change the world. We are empowered to change the world. God takes filthy fishermen and empowers them to change the world. God takes people that don't feel like they're good enough and empowers them to change the world. Why? Because he wants to change the world more than we do. He wants his kingdom to come more than we do. He wants the kingdoms of this world to be the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ Christ more than we do. Isn't that good news? So you're loaded. You're full of it. Turn to your neighbor say you're full of it again. It's awesome. I can tell people what to do when I'm up here. You see, the, the baptism, the immersion in the Spirit is akin to a baptism in water. The disciples were not fully empowered. They had seen healings and miracles under Jesus' ministry. They had seen great things happen. But Jesus said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Why was it better? Well, if I was with Jesus, I would argue with him. I would have grabbed him and said, you're not leaving. I mean, it's better with my wife than without her. Like, I like being near her. I would have complained. I said, you can't leave, Jesus. Jesus said, it's better that I go. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is not limited by time or space in any way. He can be with each and every one of us individually in fullness. So Jesus said, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's akin to a baptism in water. What happened when you got baptized in water? We're going to be doing baptisms the next couple weeks here at church. If you need to be baptized, come and talk to our team afterwards. You've never been baptized before. The Bible actually says, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. When you get baptized, you're literally saying, my old life is dead. My sin-filled life is dead. My dysfunctional life is dead. And now I am entering into a fullness life with God in Christ Jesus. When you're baptized in water, you go into a tank. The old man is buried and the new man comes out. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the natural limited you in the supernatural is buried and a new supernatural empowered you comes out of that place. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event. It's a continual event. You know, I like to swim. I like to surf. I get in the water, and I'm wet. When I come out of the water, I dry off pretty quick. We live in a dry climate here in Southern California. God wants us wet with his spirit, so filled, so wet, that we get the environment around us wet too. You come into a place of experiencing God's presence, experiencing him tangibly, and you come out empowered. That's a continual experience. Sometimes it's an experience that just lets us have peace in a moment. Sometimes it's an experience that gives us, it's electrifying experience. It can look different ways. It's not how it looks that matters. It's the effect of what he's doing in your heart. Amen. We're going to uh, transition now and just, just kind of, just kind of pray for folks. Um, during this time, I want to, I want to just remind you, God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. There's no pressure on you to make anything happen. There's no pressure on you to try to make something up. There's no pressure on you to try to try to work that faith up. Oh, I got to believe. I got to believe. I got to believe. There's no pressure on you at all whatsoever. God wants you touched more than you want to be touched. God wants you healed more than you want to be healed. I'm not going to do anything to make you guys nervous. I'm not going to like point at people and call them out or anything like that today. We're going to let people come up whenever they want at the end and stuff like that. But um, know this, God wants this more than you do. 
When's the perfect time for you to get healed? Today. Grace is this. Grace is God expects nothing in return. You can get healed and sit on your couch for the rest of your life. You can get healed of uh, your diabetes and, and just sit around the rest of your life, and God's still happy because it's what he deserves. I started getting into healing ministry because I saw my friend pray for somebody. This is about 10 years ago or more. saw him pray for somebody got healed of a broken ankle. They went to the doctors. They took x-rays. They said, oh, your ankle had been broken one time in the past, but it's not broken now. Well, he had never broken his ankle in the past. They actually had evidence on x-rays that it was broken, and now it had been healed instantly. Isn't that awesome? And we're just like, wow, God can heal, so we might as well try stuff out. So we just started trying things out. We started praying for people, laying hands on people. We started seeing results. And something started to hit me. Healing is about worship. Healing brings God glory. It's worship. God wants miracles more than we do. So we don't have to try so hard anymore. We just get to partner with the one that loves us. Amen. Why don't you guys just close your eyes? We're just going to pray. I'm going to have a couple of our leadership team come up. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing here today. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you that uh, you love people so much. God, we thank you that uh, maybe there's people here today, and um, they've actually, this is all new to you. You've, you've never heard these kinds of things before. You're, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Some of you guys, maybe this is old hat for you, but some of you like, this is, this is really radical stuff you guys are talking about. Well, we're talking about a radical God who's living and active, who's alive, who's not dead in a grave, who's resurrected and alive, who is love, who's perfect love, who gave himself for you. When Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't just thinking about every person all over the planet. He was literally thinking about you. He was thinking about Samuel. He was thinking about Jonathan. He was thinking about Amy. He was thinking about you. And he said, you're worth it. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.